What is your faith? What are you in faith for? What do you believe that God can do? You know, whatever it is you believe, you would have it according to what you believe. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together again today. Lord, it is unto you that we have come. Our eyes are fixed on you. Even as you was said that they looked to you, Lord, and their faces were lightened. They were not ashamed and their faces were lightened. As we look upon you today, I thank you for shame is taken out of the way. I thank you for doubt is taken out. I thank you for fear is conquered in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for faith is released in the heart. We've come to Zion. We've come to meet with the King of Kings. So, Father, manifest yourself in this house today by your spirit. We submit ourselves to the authority of your word. We receive your word today with open heart and expectation and we pray that you speak to every soul in this house today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you are set to do. We thank you for the ministry of angels in this room today to deliver even as you have released from the throne room. So Lord we say that we give you the praise and all the glory right in advance for what you are set to do in our midst today. We give you praise Lord. Thank you Father. Lord, you said you would revive in this house today. So I pray, reviver, that you revive our faith. You revive our strength. You revive joy. You revive hope in this place today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for you revive health in the name of Jesus. Thank you for I said, heart of us shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those that make merry. You would multiply us with not a few. You would glorify us with not a small. I thank you for thanksgiving proceed from the mouth of your people today. Thank you for joy unspeakable in this house today. We praise your name, Lord. We love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Holy Spirit, have your way. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. You've given me a word to speak and season to him that is weary. I thank you for your lift burdens as your word comes today. You will light up the part of your people. Expectations shall be met in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' precious and holy name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Welcome to church. Good to see your faces. You're welcome. Good to see you. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Put one finger there and open to Romans 10. We'll read verse 1 to 10 together. Do you have your Bibles with you? Where is your infallible chart? Praise God. I love that. Okay. If you're holding your phone today, make sure next week you have your Bible. That's your infallible chart. There are so many things on that phone, so it doesn't fit the category of infallible charts. Praise God. As I prayed into the service and waited on God, Lord, what are you saying to us? What is it you want to do? The Lord reminded me of Jesus walking into the temple and he saw people buying and selling. I said, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it into the den of thieves. And um, Emeka prayed for us and read John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and that in abundance. And today, God is saying that everything that has ended your walk with him is a thief. Every hider is a thief. They have walks of the thief. Who is a thief? The devil is a thief. The devil is the master of them all. And Jesus has come that you may have life and doubt in abundance. He said today we'll be dismissing every idol. Everything that has taken the place and attention of God in your life, God is dismissing them today because it's coming to take his rightful place in our lives. Do you have faith? Do you oh, yes. believe with me? The idols will be dismissed. 
We've been praying through certain prayers this week. Judges chapter 6, I advise you to go back home and read that. We've been praying through that this week. So for those who do not know, we have a prayer team. And one hour every day of the week, you can be sure that somebody is interceding for the church, for you and every need in the church. And part of the prayers I've been praying this week is that the Lord will come and have his place. He will come and reign in this city, in this nation, as Jehovah Shalom the Prince of Peace, dismissing every power and hideout. Whatever has taken the attention of people from God, God will be dealing with them and restoring the hope and the attention of the people back to himself. For he alone deserve all praise. Amen. So let's go into the word of God together. We concluded the series on fellowship last week. And I'm glad that people have been fellowshipping together, meeting outside the four walls of the church. Let's continue in that spirit of fellowship, that spirit of oneness. That's the only way the word are going to be attracted to us. Say, so by loving one another shall men know that you are my disciples. The world did not know us as Jesus' disciples because we carry a Bible. The sign that we are disciples, the way the world would know that we are Christ's disciples, is that we have genuine love for one another. You know, we had four weeks of fellowship. Please go back to that note, or if you missed it, ask Isaac for the message. You can find it on the pod- podcast, excuse me, and listen to it. And let's live by the truth of the scriptures. We're starting a new series today, and it's called Daring Faith. Daring Faith. Do you still have faith? Okay. As we join it together, we'll see if we still have faith. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Then... Touch ye their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. And this is a familiar word of our Lord Jesus. When people invite him to come and heal, he would say, your faith has made you whole. Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. It's amazing the woman with the issue of blood. Christ called her daughter. Your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, be it unto you. That means if this blind man had faith that they would receive partial healing, their healing would have been partial. Do you agree with me? If their faith was that, I don't know, maybe today, it might not happen today, it might be a progressive healing. Their healing would have been a progressive healing, not an instant healing. Because the Lord did not say, according to the healing power that I possess, we know that he's the healer. So sometimes he shows up without invitation. Like they were going to bury a, a, a widow's son. And he had compassion. He stopped in the midst of the people and raised the, the boy back to life. He wasn't invited into that situation. Does that make sense? So sometimes he comes in his capacity as the king of all kings, the lord of our situation, and the healer. So he doesn't need the fate of the people to deliver. And sometimes he shows up in our life in that way as the merciful God, the kind father that he is, without us asking some blessings we receive without even praying. But in this place, it's saying, according to your faith, what do you have faith for? What is your faith? What is the measure of the faith in your heart? Let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Brethren, my heart desires and prayer to God for Israel, for destiny Aberdeen, that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they've been ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Every time we try to attain righteousness by dead works, we have not actually submitted to the righteousness of God. 
2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that you and I have become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. For Christ was made to become sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be the righteousness. And that song said that when it comes, I will stand clothed in his righteousness. Because it became sin. It took my place on that cross. It took my place in the grave. Or the punishment that, that should have been mine, Jesus bore it on that cross. I don't know if you believe that, but he did it for you and I. So now I can stand before the Father, righteous. When I show up in the throne room, I don't come as a begging Teresa. I do not come as, a, as one that is covered in shame, like the woman that was caught in the heart of adultery. But I come as a bona fide daughter of the Most High God. I come as one that has been redeemed. I come as one whose garment has been changed and is now clothed in righteousness. And I have boldness to receive. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. That is faith. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'll continue reading. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the Lord, that the man which does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith Speak on this wise. Say not in your heart, we shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or we shall ascend, we shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what said he? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And this verse established that there is a word of faith and it is preached. If there is a word of faith, it means there is also a word of fear, and it is also preached. What word are you listening to? What word is being preached to you? The word of faith is preached by the word of God, by the servant of God. Even you, to yourself, you can preach the word of faith to yourself when you grab hold of the word of God. And the word of fear also comes from people around us. It comes from the news. What word are you listening to? What word is being preached to you? But what said it? The word is nigh thee. Nigh you is in your mouth, right on your lips, even in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confession and believing brings about salvation. If you confess it and you don't believe it, salvation is not complete yet. And I've said several times, we do not assume salvation. We make sure we are saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead on the third day? Do you believe truly that he paid the price for your punishment? Do you believe that the price for your healing was upon him? John Gillick said, we cannot exercise our faith beyond what we believe to be possible. Some of the things that we hear in church today, I'm talking about the body of Christ generally, is that if, it is God's, if God is willing, you will be healed. I see if it is God's willingness for us to be sick. 
We know that God's will is for us to be in health. So that we shall above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So there is no condition of his will. A leper came to Jesus. If thou be willing, you can make me clean. So the leper admits that Jesus has the power to make clean. But he does not admit that Christ is willing to heal him. But I'm saying to you today, he is willing to give you your heart desire. He is willing to make you whole. Whatever wholeness means to you, Christ is in this house and is willing to make you whole. The, the, the word shouldn't be in our mouth. If thou be willing, what do you mean? He's saying, what have I provided in my word? That should be your request, not if thou be willing. When we put the condition of Eve, we place ourselves as if we do not know God as our father. There is no condition of his willingness. There is no question of his willingness. He is always willing. The question is, do we believe? We cannot exercise our faith beyond what we believe to be possible. What exactly do you believe that God can do? That's the question. What do you believe that God can do for you? What do you believe that God can do through you? A quick fact on faith. The word of faith is preached and is being preached to you today. The word of faith brings salvation. The same word that brings salvation brings healing, brings freedom, brings life, brings light. And the word of fear brings death and captivity. Faith works anywhere in the world. Perhaps you're not from Scotland. You're from other parts of the world. And you've been living by faith. Good news, your faith works here. Faith is the currency with which you receive kingdom possibilities. Use that same currency here. Your faith works here. Oh, faith is not like Naira that can only spend in Nigeria. Faith works in the United Kingdom. Faith works in the States. Faith works in Zimbabwe. Faith works in Romania. Faith works anywhere that I go. Faith is the faith all over the world. Faith is the same. And with that same faith, I can assess kingdom possibilities. What is it that God wants to do with us as a people? What is it that God wants to do in your life with your faith you can receive? Do you have faith? I believe God is reviving our faith in this house. Some of us have stopped believing God for things. I was there at some point in my journey when I migrated to this country. I felt, no, faith wouldn't do that. It has to be exactly according to this. But I got to what me. You have to wake up. Your faith still works here. So I'm telling you, perhaps you've thought your faith cannot deliver for you here. Your faith can deliver for you. Your faith is the same, and it can deliver for you. Get back to engaging faith. Get back to using your faith. Oh, we learn to use faith for so many things growing up. You learn to use faith to see that there will be light on the day you need it. You learn to use faith for your fees to be paid. I learned to use faith to practically live on campus. Then I go here, I felt I can be comfortable. I don't need my faith anymore. But guess what? The Lord allowed me to go through challenges that pushed me to the head. And I had to make a choice. Am I going to fall over or I will get back on track? I had to pick up my faith. And I'm saying to us, pick up your faith. Your faith can produce. Because God wants us to live by faith. We learned in scriptures that the righteous shall live by faith. And we already established that you and I are the righteous. So how do we live? By faith, not by works. Some people of other religion believe that they have to live by doing, 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 and works. But I'm glad that God has invited us to live by faith. So I am not judged based on what I do. I am judged based on the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Faith. We please God by using our faith. 
Hebrews 11 sees us. He that comes to God must believe that he is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How are you seeking him? Do you seek him this month and the next you are on your own? You seek him today and tomorrow you've forgotten about him? No, he is a rewarder of those who diligently, wholeheartedly seek him. And he will reward your faith. Faith is a gift. We've all been given a measure of faith. And it will only grow as we use it. Faith comes by hearing. As you hear the word of God, your heart is stirred up to believe for more. Righteousness is not by our doing, it's by faith. If we all have a measure of faith, how then do we not all have the same results? If we all have the same faith, how then do we not all have the same results? Some of us don't choose to use our faith. Some of us choose to use our faith. But God is saying, you and I should use our faith. Faith grows by usage. It grows by exercise. How much of your faith do you put to work? That's how faith grows. What is the place of trials in our faith? When we face trials, do we think it has come to actually destroy our faith? No. It has come to test our faith so that we can grow by faith. You know, trials are like examination. The exam you wrote leaving high school, I believe a lot of us here, yes, we've passed the level. <laughs> the exam you wrote leaving high school, you don't go back to it in the uni, you've passed it. So that was like a trial to move you to another level. So every time our faith is challenged, God permits it so that we can grow in our, in our work with him. It permits it so that we can grow in our faith. So it's like, if I can use my faith to receive a child from God eight years ago, then I can use my faith to receive something else from God in this season. So we don't use our faith once and abandon it. No, faith is for daily living. The just shall live by his faith. Are you living? Then faith is for you. Ask your neighbor, are you living? Faith is for you. As long as you are alive, you need faith. You know those who don't need faith? Those who are gone. They don't need faith. You and I need faith. Why do we pray at that time? I believe that God will raise me tomorrow. So I need faith to plan for tomorrow. If I don't have expectation, I won't plan. So even my planning is done in faith. The dead no longer need faith. So just said, the just shall live by his faith. As long as you and I are living, we have breath in our nostrils. We need faith. Faith is more than a Christian concept. It is our lifeline. If we are not a people of faith, we are not different from the rest of the world. What differentiates a believer from the rest of the world is our faith. We believe the impossible. Oh, yes. How many religions believe that their God can heal the sick? You and I believe that our God can heal the sick. That's faith. How many religions truly believe that their God can raise the dead? You and I as Christians believe that God can raise the dead because our Savior is not in the grave. He is risen. That is faith. We are different from the rest of the world. If they say to you, we serve the same God. No, we do not. Our God is different. We serve the only one God. The creator of heaven and earth. The maker of man. The redeemer of man. That's the one we serve. 
If he redeemed us, it is because he has a destiny for us. If he redeemed us, it's because he has a purpose for our lives. He has not called us to live a life of mediocrity. He hasn't called us to live a life where we just have to bow our heads and say, we'll just endure the season and go, oh no. He has put us here to reign as kings and queens. And we do that by our faith. Your faith is for ruling. Engage your faith. What can faith do? What is the possibilities of faith? We've been talking about daring faith. We've established the fact of faith. We've established that we cannot receive except we believe. But what exactly can our faith do? Kenneth E. Egan would say, faith changes hope into reality. And Hebrews 11, 1 tells us, what does it say? Do you want to help me without looking at your Bibles? There's a popular verse. Hebrews 11, 1. So you don't put it up. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. They obtained it. Thank you. Thank you. Faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. If you go back to the scripture, now faith is. Faith is not in the future. Faith is in the now. Faith is in this moment. Even though what is before me does not look like it. Faith is in the now. I am sick, but my faith says I am healed. I remember that Jesus went on that cross, beaten and battered, broken, and bled, so that my body should not be broken. And I'm glad he did not finish it in the grave. He rose again. If Christ is still in the grave, we don't have faith. We are of all men the most miserable. Because why do we believe the dead? That's the beautiful thing about the Christian faith. I do not believe a dead God. I don't believe a God who cannot hear my prayers. I don't believe a God who, who cannot... Who can speak back? I believe in living God. Is your God alive? Your faith will bring you to that level of experiencing God as the living God. You know, something beautiful happened as we prepared for church this morning. I was getting ready for church, and my daughter was having a chat with her dad. And he asked her, where are you from? She said, I'm from Nigeria. Where in Nigeria? She said, I'm from my dad's, the same place my dad came from. Then the dad left the room. And she asked me, Mom, am I really from the same place my dad came from? I said, I don't know. And she said, how has Jesus? You know, that touched me. I said, okay, you're learning to pray. And she paused. I said, Jesus, am I from the same place that my dad came from? And I was waiting to hear her response. And after two minutes, she kept quiet after that statement. And like, after one minute plus, she said, Mom, Jesus has answered. I said, really? She said, yes. What did they say? He said, I'm from the same place that my dad is. So I said, wow, that's right. Then I had to add, I said, yeah, you're, you're, he's right. You're from the same place as your dad. But you know, that moment, I saw that she's learning to pray and hear God. She's learning to use her faith. And you know, these little children, they use their faith every time. Mommy, I want food. They don't care if there is food in the house. They believe something would come on that table. Mommy, I want that toy. They don't care how much you hand. They believe that something will bring that toy to their house. And I've seen my kids use their faith. My son once asked my husband last year, why did you give away my bicycle? He had even forgotten he had a bicycle that we gave away. He's like, I didn't give away your bicycle. He was really upset that morning. He's like, that bicycle, somebody gave me, you gave it away. I was like, we are going to school. Can we stop this? And as they got to the bar stop, we're still, in, we're still living in Glasgow as at that time. 
And the, older, um, the elderly woman who also has a grandchild going to the same school was waiting at the bus stop. We see every day. And suddenly she said, wait, does William have a bicycle? And the dad said, no. And she said, I have a bicycle to give him. Why the same morning, the same day, they just had a conversation of bicycle from the house, walking to the bus stop, 10 minutes, and on getting to the bus stop, somebody is waiting to answer that prayer. You see, the children are using their faith, and they help me to remind myself, I have faith, let me use it. Who says God cannot do it? What is it that we need that we think God cannot do? We've listened to so much lies as we're growing up, and we've lost our faith. God wants us to retain our innocence as children and our faith. He said to us two weeks ago, I'm restoring your innocence. And I love that beautiful word. He's restoring our innocence. There is no shame in love. There is no fear. There is no guilt in love. Love always believes the best. And love receives the best. What do you believe? According to your faith, be it unto you. We are waking up to use our faith again. And I'm sure as the Lord is speaking right now, some things are coming to your mind. What are the projects that you have abandoned? What are the things you trusted God for and you think it can never be done? God has sent you, today is the day. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith will bring into now what you think should be in yes time. And I say faith, do it in my life. And today God is saying your faith can bring right to your presence what you think should be done 10 years from now. Faith will compress the blessings of 10 years and give you him one day. God is able. Say to your neighbor, God is able. God is able. Faith sees the invisible. This is what faith can do. It's never been done, but faith sees it that it will be done. The dead have not been raised, but faith sees it. Jesus will come back to life. It says the invisible. Concerning Abraham, a theologian said, he looked for a city that has foundations. He knew that the earth could not afford no permanent residence. <laughs> for an immortal mind. I might be a British citizen, but it's not my permanent residence. I might be a Nigerian citizen, it's not my permanent residence. Because I'm immortal, my permanent residence is with the king of kings himself. He looked for that heavenly building of which God is the architect and owner. In a word, he lost sight of earth that he might keep heaven in view. And all who are partakers of his faith possess the same spirit. Faith is a spirit. Walk by the same rule is a rule by which we live in this kingdom. And the mind's the same thing. Possess the same spirit. Walk by the same rule and mind the same thing. Faith allows you to believe when you do not see it. When you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. And God wants us to be believing believers. Not unbelieving believers. A lot of folks in the church today are unbelieving believers. Oh, I believe God can heal headache, but I don't think he can make some lame person walk. That only happened with Jesus. Says who? It will happen in our days. Amen. You and I will walk on the street of Aberdeen, and we're going to open blind eyes. Amen. We'll walk on the street of Aberdeen, we will rebuke dumb spirit, and people will speak. Amen. We're going to see the condemned walk in life. 
Who says it can only be done with the apostles? Those are the lies we've come to believe and we limit ourselves and we're no longer different from the rest of the people. There should be a set mark, something that set a believer apart from the rest of the world. We are not settling for the lies that we have believed all our lives and we've come to the place of faith. It's a place of resignation. I no longer choose to believe those lies. I believe what the word of God says. Even if I don't see it yet, I believe it. That is faith. Faith is obeying when I do not understand. Let's read Hebrews 11, 7 quickly. Faith is obeying when I do not understand. It is taking a step of obedience when I don't get it. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By the which he condemned the word and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. God said to Noah, I'm going to punish the word. I'm bringing a flood to wipe out the hurt, but I've made a choice to save you. Maybe you thought Noah was perfect, but can I shock you that Noah was not perfect? Noah is like you and I. Let's go to Genesis quickly and read chapter 6. Okay, verse 8. Can we all read it together? <laughs> Chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Other version will say, but Noah found what? Favor in the eyes of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. So Noah was not a perfect man after all. Noah was not chosen because he was holy and all righteous, all godly and up there, perfect. Noah was not chosen because he had no flaws. And you know what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says? Let's go there together. For by grace are you saved, through faith. I want you to read it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Did you see that? Just like Noah, you and I have found what? Grace before God. None of us is chosen because we are perfect. We are chosen by grace. We are saved by grace. We stand by grace. And we live by faith. The faith that saved us is enough to carry us through. So God visited Noah and said, I'm going to destroy the world, but I'm keeping you. Noah had no right to say, oh, I'm holy. That's why God is keeping me. No, he knows he's not near that perfection. Isn't this the same man that drank afterwards? He was drunk and he was naked. That's to tell us his imperfection. But he found grace. So Jesus had been preaching the gospel of salvation from the foundation of the world. Noah found grace. The same way you and I have found grace. And in obedience to God's instruction, he started building the ark for the salvation of his household. Do you know that Noah built the ark for 100 years before the flood came? Faith is obeying when I don't know, when I don't understand. It did not stop to say, God, if this flood will come, it should have come by now. After 10 years, 50 years, what kind of business is this one? I'm not doing it again. No. He persisted. He kept building precept upon precept. 
One break upon another, log upon another. I'm sure his family like, this man has gone nuts. What do we do? But we just obey is our father. You know, faith looks foolish. I'm just going to, I don't know why you're telling me to do it, but I will do it anyway. Fill the jars with water. They need wine, water. What's the correlation? But I will do it anyway. Go and build a knack for the saving of your household. That's stupidity. There has never been rain before Noah. So what do you mean by flood? You and I are familiar with rain. So they said it will rain. If the weather forecast tells us there will be rain, we expect rain because we know what rain is. But I mean, Noah didn't know what rain was. He didn't know until God told him, I am bringing about a flood and I'll wipe out the whole earth. How is it going to happen? Build an hack. When does an hack? Build an hack for the saving of your household. And God is saying today, I've given you an hack for your salvation. Jesus is the hack of God. They mocked Noah as a built. They laughed at him. This man has gone nuts. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Something has gone wrong in his, in his mind. But he kept doing it. And the day the flood came, they came knocking and shouting, Noah, help us. But the door of the hack was shut. Noah didn't shut that door. God did. And God has given us the hack of salvation now. Jesus Christ is the hack of salvation. As many that believe him, as many that believe him, he gave power to become the sons of God. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Whoever call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. He is the ark of God prepared for our salvation. And the day is coming that God will shut the door of the ark. The door of the ark is still open. That is why I can stand and preach grace and say, come to Jesus if you are yet to receive his, his gift for you. But when God shuts that door, there is no preaching we can do because we'll not be standing here to preach. When God shuts that door, there is no room for anyone to come in. And let me remind you, there is no repentance in the grave. When a man dies, afterwards, it is judgment. No repentance in the grave. The only time we have is now. And I'm not saying come to Jesus out of fear, but I'm saying come to Jesus and love him. Receive his gift for you. No other person has that gift of life to give. The Lord is inviting us. Come to the ark. Can we buy it? Perhaps you've not received the gift of salvation that Jesus has given. Perhaps you've not received him as your Lord and your Savior. You've only believed him as the religious master. Today is the day. Do not let the door of the ark shut against you. Do you want to receive Jesus today as your Lord? Why do I need to receive Jesus, Teresa? What difference does it make? Oh, it makes a whole lot of difference. When you receive him, you are transported from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. When you receive him, all your sins are forgiven. I don't care what they look like. The paper, the book where the sins are written is torn. And a whole new book is opened for you where your name is written for eternal life. When you receive him, you receive the gift of eternal life. And right from here, you can enjoy unbroken fellowship with God. When you receive Jesus, you come to the place of peace, not a place of pain. Your burdens are lifted. When you receive Jesus, you are assured of life. But even if we die, we live. Because he lives. Maybe you are under my voice today, and you are yet to surrender your heart to Jesus. 
I want to give you the opportunity to do so now. You've never made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you like to do so today? Just give me a wave and I'll pray with you. You've been in church, you've heard the gospel preached so many times, but you've not actually made a decision to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Would you do that today? Just give me a wave and I'll pray for you. Remember the door of the hack was shut someday. And you will not be able to come in. But God is giving you an opportunity today. Come to Jesus. Come to me, how you the labor and a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and take his rest. Come. Come into his rest. Come in today. The Lord is inviting you. Don't be ashamed. Everyone that said yes said so at some point. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone receiving Jesus today? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. We'll continue. Faith is obeying when I don't understand it. So you don't know why God is telling you to do it. You take a step for obedience anyway. Faith is giving when I don't have it. Like Abel. He offered up a pleasing sacrifice to God. Faith is persisting when I don't feel like it. I feel like giving up some days. But faith says I would press on. There is a reward at hand. Faith is thanking God before I receive it. What has God promised you? Faith says, give thanks, praise him. Then you would have what he has promised. Faith is trusting if I don't get it. Hebrews 11, 38 and 40. Let's read that quickly. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And this all, all these heroes of faith mentioned in Hebrews 11, obtained a good report through faith. Hmm. Not through works. Not through charity. Not through good works, but through faith. They received not the promise. God having provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be perfect. So even the heroes of faith, some of them did not see what they were promised, but they kept believing. Abraham died believing to see that city. Whose architect is God? But we eventually came into the city. Israel, Jacob. But Abraham died believing. But it didn't happen until his grandchild passed on. And his great-grandchild, Joseph, said, I know that God will bring you to that promised land. Carry my bones with you. Faith is speaking. I may be dead, but don't leave my bone in bondage. Carry my bones with you. And they carried their bones, Moses and the Israelites, and they journeyed. In fact, Moses did not get to see it. He didn't get to enter. He saw it. But then Joshua picked up. That is the journey of faith. Whatever God has said to you, it may not happen in your lifetime. It might be for your seed and seed to come after you. But don't stop believing God. I'm sure God said some things to my parents that they didn't see. My father did not see. My mother is seeing some. And I know whatever God says to me, he's faithful to keep his word. Faith is trusting if I don't get it. And I think he said, our confession will either imprison us or set us free. 
Our confession is the result of our believing. And our believing is the result of our right or wrong thinking. So it starts in our thought. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you are thinking failure, you cannot use your feet. If you're thinking fear, you can't use your feet. If you're thinking disappointment, if you're used to getting a no, you can't use your feet. Years ago, my family and I had a migration challenge. And every time we made an application, the response would always be no. Leave. One application after another, no, leave. So every time there is a letter from the name of it, it's like no again is your expectation, you know? But we learn to use our faith. Even though we're getting new, we kept declaring the word of God. They got not the land, the possession by their own sword. Neither did their own hand save them. But, their, but your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you had favor upon them. Psalm 44.3. And we kept declaring, God, you are favoring us in this land. You brought us here. It's not by mistake that we came. In fact, that we are even standing in that time is by your grace. We are still standing today by your grace. But it's like we know that given all the circumstances against us, we shouldn't be here. But you kept us. So no matter the no's we get, we believe this no becomes yes. And once we started to praise God, we would take the letters, put it in our living room with our kids, and we would dance and praise God. Crazy acts of faith. We will praise God over it. This is not a mountain. We step over you. We are praising God. Nothing will stop us from doing God's will. Nothing will stop us from doing God's word. We praise God. And what the Lord said, Jehovah Nessie, the Lord my banner. The Lord my banner. And we kept declaring that name over ourselves. The Lord is a banner. Jehovah Nessie. The Lord is a banner. And eventually we got that breakthrough. But do you know how we lived in that season? is in line with Mark 11, 23, and 24. Let's read it together. And this is how your daring faith can produce for you. You have a measure of faith. God wants you to go and put it to use. You may not need faith for immigration. You may need faith for healing. But whatever you are needing faith for, the same faith that brought you to Christ is able to put right on your laps what you are believing for. It's not another kind of faith. The same faith that saved you is able to heal you. Mark eleven twenty three to 24. Let's read it together, church. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. And this was the way we lived. We prayed, we believed God has given us. Before we had it, we praised God for it. Even though the physical letters, the, the replies, the response were saying no, no, no. We kept praising God for the yes until the yes came. We kept praising God for his promise until the promise manifests. How do I use my faith? Maybe you're wondering, you're talking so much about faith, Teresa, daring faith. How can I use this faith? 
I know that it comes by hearing. I've read your word, and now I feel like I have some measure of faith. I feel like something is bubbling within. But God is saying, don't let it stop bubbling. It has to come out. How do I use my faith? First of all, develop a hunger and passion for the word of God. Faith would only come by hearing and hearing the word of God. You keep hearing. Remember we said earlier on, the word of faith is preached, and the word of fear is preached. So in developing a hunger for the word, you will develop an hatred for the things that is not of God. You just don't have the art to take it anymore because there is something filling your heart it is the word of god develop an hunger passion i just want your word lord what are you saying today speak to me you open your bible with an expectation to hear god let's be like the little ones let's be like a children that are not afraid to ask develop that passion hunger for god's word let the word of god take root in your heart that is the beginning of faith Secondly, speak. Faith is never silent. Say it out. What do you believe? You can't be silent if you believe that God can do it. Or you're feeling sick. I am healed. Because you know God can heal you. Faith always speak. You speak to yourself first. You see that gospel that you believe. Preach it to yourself first. Before you say it before others. If you're not able to say it to yourself, you won't be able to say it before multitude. They will come to you and challenge you. Oh, what you believe that would happen years ago has not happened. You have to be preaching to yourself. Say, this has happened. It's a reality already. In the realm of the spirit, I can see it. Just give it time. It will manifest. Abraham, he looked for the city. Whose builder and maker is God? Where do you get that description in your dictionary? But he looked for it. I'm sure he would have been questioned by his family. Something is wrong. You're just moving from one place to another. Like me, we moved from London to Glasgow. Seven years in Glasgow, moved to Aberdeen. You, you, something is not right here. But we know everything is right. God is leading us to the city whose builder and maker is God. And we stand today because he keeps leading us. We don't know where he's taking us, but we keep following him. As the leads, we follow. Speak. Don't be silent. And the third point, your confession what are you confessing to yourself? It's not enough that I speak, but I must be speaking that which is in line with my faith. What are you saying to yourself? Does it agree with the promises of God for your life or not? It's time we change our confessions. Proverbs says, a man is snared by the words of his mouth. We are held in trap by the things we say, or we are released into liberty by the things we say. What are you saying to yourself? Our confession must be in line with our faith. And guess what? That faith you have, God wants it to grow. Your faith is not just for yourself. Other people around you can benefit from your faith. God wants your faith to grow. I remind you of Peter in Matthew 14, 27 to 32. He saw Jesus walking on water. They all saw Jesus. And he said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Come. He started out. And like that, you started out walking in faith. But you've seen the storm and you dropped your faith. Ah, I can't do this anymore. Let me just back off. No, it's saying, come further. It's not time to throw you in the tower. Come further. Your faith is to overcome challenges. Your faith is to overcome trials. Whatever, whatever God permits to come our way, we have faith that overcomes. First John 5, 4. You see, every child of God overcomes the world. You are an overcomer. Say to yourself, I'm an overcomer. Say to your neighbor, you are an overcomer. For our faith is the victorious power 
that triumphs over the word. You are an overcomer. Engage your faith. Let it grow. Develop passion for the word of God. Speak it out. Let your confession agree with what the word of God says. And you have just started. Guess what? The word is waiting on their tiptoes for your manifestation. And it would only be done by faith. We cannot subject ourselves to the pattern of the word. We live by the word of God, which is able to overcome. As I bring this to a close, God said I should pray for certain people. You started out in faith, but you stopped engaging your faith. Let's rise on our feet, church. And I'll just pray quickly. You started out in faith, but you stopped engaging your faith. The Lord wants to revive that gift of faith. The Lord says, some of us, you have faith that can literally move mountains. Like, as you say it, it happens. But you stopped engaging your faith. If you're in that category, please come forward. The Lord has that I pray for you to revive your faith. All things are possible to him that believes. I'll say it again. You, you are the kind of person that you believe anything is possible. You dare anything because God has given you the gift of faith, but you stopped using your faith. God wants that faith revived today because he wants to do great things with you.